Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empath, your community for the spiritually awakened. This week, we are excited to introduce to you a very special guest who has a very special place in my heart. Maddie is a certified Reiki master, a licensed esthetician, a wax specialist, and a makeup artist who focuses on holistic nutrition and plant-based beauty. She brings a natural approach to all things in the beauty realm. She's a big believer in all aspects of life, but less is more, especially when it comes to self-care and beauty routines. Maddie specializes in traditional bridal makeup, customized organic facials, full body waxing, and Reiki therapy. She loves helping others to reveal and embrace their natural beauty. So welcome to our show, Maddie. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Yay. Yay. I thought that we could... um, start by telling the listeners how you and I met and I'm I'm going to tell the story from my point of view and then I'd love for you to kind of jump in and tell it from your point of view because I think we come at it from different perspectives yeah absolutely Um, for me I think it was 2006 or 7 I think it was a little later because I remember being like a sophomore in college or a freshman in college so I think it's like 08 or 09 so it's like regardless it was like 10 years ago so it's a pretty long time ago okay It was a long time ago. What I remember is I was very new into my development of, you know, being an intuitive. I was still teaching full-time at the community college. And I had just, I think I had been doing my studies with my intuitive development group for a year. And I had gotten mediumship hits in those classes but you all probably know me well to know that one of my special super abilities is the ability to always doubt myself. So I wasn't really sure that I was actually a medium or if it was just the wonderful energy of that group. And at the time, I was also studying in the evenings with Deb to learn tarot. Mm-hmm. And every Halloween, she would do tarot readings at the Poplar Grove Halloween Festival. And one year, she asked me to fill in. And I did. And she said, you know, you just have to do the tarot readings. That's it. I was like, okay, I can do that. And something magical happened that night because everybody that came to see me, I was getting mediumship messages for. So it was a really life altering moment for me because I realized, oh my God, I really am a medium. I really can do this. And then Maddie, sweet, beautiful Maddie comes (laughs) in with her girlfriend. So her, your grandfather came through Yep. And as the grandfather is giving me messages, I realized who she was. I had never met her, but my former husband was really good friends with your dad. They were both police officers together. Yes. Your dad had a brain aneurysm years In 99. Yeah, long, like In 10 99. years before that. Yeah. And that was a life-changing event for your family. And I remember yes. that Mike was really good friends with him and we would always talk about you guys, what a good family you were. And, you know, he would try to visit and keep tabs on him, but I had never met you guys. And so as your grandfather is giving messages and showing me scenes like the police uniform, all this stuff, I, I just remember hitting it all together and going, Oh my God, I know who you are. (laughs) You said, are you George Prado's daughter? And I said, are you, what? (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? How do you know that? (laughs) I know it was so crazy because I was telling Denise before we recorded, like I said, I always doubt myself. And, And at that time, when I would get mediumship hits, I would often think, 
is this really a spirit from the other side talking to me or am I doing ESP? Am I reading their <laughs> mind? Am I? And the fact that I got that when, I don't know, it just, it was very confirming to me that this is who I am and what I need to do. And I remember your grandfather, one of his main messages was self-care because you mm-hmm. were so wrapped up in taking care of your family and your father. And my, you know, yeah. Mike at the time was so new into his brain injury. It, I don't know. We just really bonded that night. Yeah. I think, um, I think we were meant to meet each other because our, what our families have gone through is like very parallel. Um, yeah. so, so how I ended up at that <laughs> tarot, tarot reading is, um, my friend took Deb's tarot course and she was like, Oh my gosh, you have to meet this woman. She's doing like, you know, um, this fall festival, let's just go. It'll be fun. Like we got our palms read at, um, by granny Jean. And what's funny is like, she read my palm and, um, she said, be, beware of vanity. And I was like, Oh, like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and I guess, I guess to keep the, I mean, here I am now in the beauty field and I, I guess it's just to keep me balanced. Like granny Jean's like warning has always stayed with me my whole life. Like beware of vanity. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. But then I go to yours, like, you know, Granny Jean's palm reading was like nice and light. And I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, like, you know, there's like um, a cake walk and, you know, it's just like a very light fall festival. And then I go to your tarot reading and it's like, my friend had a, a tarot reading and it was like about like a boy and, you know, that she liked. And, and then I'm like, you know, while I'm shuffling the cards, you, you said, you know, if you want to focus on anything, you can, if you don't, like, it's not a big deal. And I was thinking in my head, well, let's just see what comes up. (laughs) And it was all of this very, like, to the heart and to the core of like, who I am. And it was about, you know, what happened with my father and, you know, how, how much that has impacted my life. And that was a point in my life where um, I was transitioning from like, really, really taking care of myself from taking care of like the family. Like I really helped out with taking care of my brother when he was little and, you know, just kind of taking care of my father. I took care of him a lot as a teenager. And so it was just this huge transition time and you would just say things. And I was like, Oh my God, how does she know this? Or, you know, you'd say things about my grandfather, you know, like just descriptions of how he smiles or, you know, the way that you were saying things, that's like, that's how my grandpa says it. And it was just, it was such a, and an important, um, interaction because I came home from that experience, one validating my belief in there's more to this world than this world, because I was at this dark place in my time. Like, does God even exist? Is there a heaven? Like, where do we go after this? I was in a very like confused place. And so I left that, that experience one saying, yes, I mean, how else would this have occurred if my grandfather wasn't in a better place and able to come down <laughs> randomly and talk to me about these amazing things? And then two, like I saw on your tarot cards, like saints, and I knew about you. I didn't realize who, who you were until the end. And we like talked afterwards, like I'm Samantha Faye, like, you know, my husband is Mike Faye, like your dad and, and my husband work together. But um, in retrospect, I'm like, she had saints on her tarot cards. I was like, if she can be like this devout Catholic who also is like a medium and, you know, then so can I, <laughs> you know? So it just like really validated to me that like all these different realms of like, I love crystals and aromatherapy and Reiki and meditation. And, and I am a Catholic and that 
all these things really can be intertwined and in, into your own personal, you know, belief system. Um, so that was pretty. People can coincide. Yeah, yeah, it can all coexist. Um, and I do believe that it's just like what resonates for you and, and you know, what makes you feel closer. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty intense experience because as we got closer towards the end, you're just like, you know, you do this for your family. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, and, and no one sees this happening. I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, are you George Prada's daughter? And I was like, oh my God, I like started bawling. I was like, how do you know this? And you were like, one thing that I love about this and that uh, I just know about you is that you're very ethical. You were like, you stopped right there. You were like, I'm sorry, I can't read for you anymore. Like, this is too close to home. Like, I know who you are. Like, it was just very, it was so nice for you to just, as soon as you realized, like, how, how on the mark you were, you just like, kind of like, like, almost like closed the door and you were just like, let's pause. because Maybe it was a lot <laughs> for you to take in too, well, but it was it so was much for me to take to in. But I also felt like, I knew the minute I figured out who you were, then I knew that my interpretation of who you are would hinder your grandfather's pure messages. Right, right, exactly. And then it, everything that was happening with Mike's brain injury was kind of similar to your dad's brain aneurysm. Yeah. And I was so emotional still, but yeah. I was afraid that that would like overlay it and interrupt. Yeah, because I just remember your grandfather coming through as like the protector of the family. Like that, yeah, I just felt like that was his role, and I just, I don't know. I think I just was afraid that all, all my issues with you know, did the police like department take care of your dad? Is your mom okay? What does she do? Like I just could yeah. feel all my personal issues and emotions flooding into it, and I just was like, okay, I don't want to mess yeah. up this pure reading. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just such an, a really amazing life-changing experience. And I did not, I did not expect that at all. Like I thought, you know, it was just going to be this lighthearted, oh, you like this boy and he doesn't like you back, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, and it just turned right, into I like know. this, bit, <laughs> you know, I just thought turned the into whole this... evening would be like that for me too. And then, yeah you know, it, it wasn't. And so I just think it's funny that that was kind of like a life-changing night for you, but it also was yeah. for me as well. Um, yeah. And I so. had, you know, I had never met you. The only thing that I had ever heard about you was when Mike got, um, had his, his got shot. Um, my mom, you know, said, this is, you know, she's just talking to me, you know, oh my God, this happened to your dad's sergeant. And she's got three little girls. Like my heart reaches out to her. Like, you know, like, let's just pray for her, you know, like just so much of my mom, uh, resonated with you because I feel like both yeah. of you went through so much that was so similar. So yeah, that's it. That's all I knew Your about mom you. mom has to be like the strongest, smartest woman I think I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. wow. So mm -hmm. everyone listening just needs to know you come from such an amazing family of just <laughs> friends and bonds and faith and fidelity. And I just, I really, really admire and respect your family so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty great. We're here talking about self-care and I just have to make an admission. I went to see Maddie for a facial about a year ago and it was amazing. And I walked out of there feeling 
not only physically better, but just spiritually better. And I thought, Samantha, you have got to commit to doing this every month. And that's the last time I've gotten a facial. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, you know, I feel like that's, um, it's just like exercising or eating, right? Like, I feel like we always start off with like great intentions when it comes to taking care of ourselves, whether it's getting a facial or, you know, getting your makeup done or starting a, a new, like, fitness plan. Like, I feel like we always have great intentions and then sometimes they fall through, but I think honing in on like what made you feel good about that experience and trying to recreate that, whether it's at home or whether you do come back and see me for a facial, like however you can feel better about yourself. Like, I think it just needs to be more of a priority in all of our lives, especially those who are empathic because I feel like we get depleted. I don't know. I'm an an introvert and an empath. So I come home and I just feel like my battery level is at like a low. And I really have to carve out time for myself pretty much on a daily basis to bring my energy level back up so that I can go back to work and, and help other people feel good about themselves. So I think it's just so crucial to, to carve that time out and make it a priority for yourself in, in any way that you do it. Well, no, you, you went to university and Mm -hmm. then how did you decide to go back to become an esthetician? Yeah. So, um, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I went to, um, university and I majored in Spanish and I minored in psychology and I majored in Spanish because I loved it. Like that's my heritage. And it was really the only classes I could, I was motivated to go to. (laughs) And so you know, I think we're just so young at that age of, and there's a lot of pressure of what you want to do. And so it wasn't really later until I was about 25. I had kind of been burnt out of working with children. I love preschool. I love little kids. I had always nannied in college, Um, but I was kind of burnt out. And um, I wasn't, I kind of had a quarter life crisis, I would call it. I broke up with this guy who was not good for me after four years. I um, moved back home into my parents' house to save up money. I bought a dog and a car and all, and I went back to school to be an esthetician all in, in the same year. Um, and it was just kind of like, if I don't do all these things now, it's never going to happen. And always in the back of my head, I had always had a strong connection with skincare and, and taking care of myself and, um, creating like routines, or I'd always be the one who like did my friend's makeup before we went out, you know, to dinner or something, or I'd always be the one who, um, got, uh, brow waxes and bikini waxes. And, you know, I was always just that, that person, like I hid from the sun every time we would go to the beach. I was that friend who like looked like a ghost, um, on the beach. Cause I was covered in sunscreen. So it was just always kind of like a, a passion of mine. And at 25, I was like, I'm going to do it. Um, I, and so I did, and I was just, I'm really happy that I did it because it was kind of really scary, scary to transition to a new career when I feel like, I don't know, it's hard to transition. Cause you feel like almost like a failure in the, in the previous career to transition to the new one. And so I just had to kind of let that go and just say, you know, I'm not happy with this career. Let's do something else. And it's been great. I mean, ever since then, every, literally every other piece in my life has like come to fruition that I've wanted. And I, I feel really happy. I, I love, I've always been a healer and I think that's why I liked working with children. But I think in this realm, I can heal a lot of 
issues on the inside with women, you know, like they just don't feel good about themselves. So many women don't feel good about themselves and or feel drained or they're taking care of everyone and not themselves. And so it's just a really um, rewarding career to have someone come in and talk to me for 15 minutes, get their brows done and they leave feeling like a new woman, literally. So, yeah. It's kind of similar to what we like you came in to see me for like a fun tarot reading and came out yeah. with this and people come to see you for like a fun facial and they come out with like a therapy session. <laughs> it's it's really true. Um so so many people I'll be I'll just be talking to them, you know, and they'll be like, "Wow, I really needed to hear that today." Or, "Wow, that makes me feel so much better." Or, you know, like I'll tell them about like you know, how lost I was when I was graduating college and, and they'll be like, wow, that makes me feel so much better. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, just, I think it just validates to people like it's okay to not have everything figured out. And so I think people just need to hear these kinds of things more often. And I think sometimes hearing it from a stranger, I think it's easier to take advice from someone who has like a non-biased perspective than maybe like your mom. You know, like I always roll my eyes in my mom. I'm like, okay, you're always right. But, you know, like <laughs> I just don't want to hear it, you know, from my family or friends necessarily. Whereas like a stranger, it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> what a new perspective, mm -hmm. even though it's probably the same thing that they're saying. So you made a really good point, Maddie, about uh, needing self-care for yourself after working. And I think for our, a lot of our listeners who do work in hair or facials or you're always in someone's crown chakra you're in that energy yes. all the time and and you gave a beautiful beautiful description of self-care right before we got on the air if you could share that again that would be lovely because i think yeah that's such a key. so i think at the heart of of self-care it really is about carving out time for yourself and i try every day every day um you know is really important. And I think it doesn't have to be an expensive skincare regime or it doesn't have to be, I have to go to the spa for a day. It really is just whether it's five minutes or an hour a day that you devote to yourself, it could just be washing your face, taking a bath. Like for me, I think water is such a really healing um, element to us. I feel like a new woman every time I wash my face or take a shower, you know, there's, it doesn't have to be an expensive kind of thing. And I think that's what I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of women see that on, you know, social media, like, you know, new year, new me buy this or new year, you me go do this. And I just don't think, you don't, I don't think you have to be a consumer to take care of yourself. And I really think that like just something as simple as taking a bath, washing your face, or um, like I like to, sometimes I'll paint my nails or um, I'll do, I'll pray, I'll meditate. I have, um, on my phone, this app that I love, it's called Insight Timer. And they have just like um, raindrops in the background or they have guided meditations. You can search like meditations for anxiety, meditation for letting go, meditation for that, you know. I think just going for a walk, like I'll cuddle my dog. <laughs> just carving out time for you and, and what, what do I want to do or what, what does my mind, body, or soul need right now? And giving that to you, I think is just so crucial and and i don't know i personally know that when i'm not taking care of myself everyone else can see it and i'm a very open book i mean like my ex my face just says it all but i'm sure everyone else feels that way like if you aren't taking care of yourself how can you take care of others it's like that um i always think about this it's like 
on the airplane, they're like, please apply your, your oxygen masks before helping others. It's like, it's the same thing. You really can't help other people or go out into this world unless you're taking care of yourself first. I, I love that. And for a lot of empaths that are listening, that may be, that's a beautiful stepping stone for them to maybe work up to going to a, for a facial or working up for a massage. Yes. That they need those little baby steps. Yes. And, and just that time alone to, to regroup and rejuvenate. Yeah, I think it's just so crucial. And I think so many of us are taught from a really young age to like, not really value taking care of yourself to put others first. And yes, like I, I'm, I will give and give and give and give until there's nothing left of me. And it was really something that I didn't learn until later in life that no, I've got to reserve a part of my energy for myself or else I'm going to be resentful or miserable or depressed because I'm giving too much of myself to others. Um, and I think as empaths and especially like healers that are empaths, I think that's so important to reserve some time for yourself, heal yourself. And um, in Reiki, how I learned to do Reiki, my um, teacher, we taught to do Reiki on ourselves first before we practice on other people. And I always, um, I always try and remember that. And whenever anyone is like, I don't have time for a Reiki session, but what can I do at home? I'm like, you can do it on yourself. Here's the steps, you know? I think grounding yourself is really important. If, if you don't know anything else about Reiki or light or energy, I think grounding yourself, putting yourself in a little bubble, especially on days when you don't want to go out into the world, is, is taking care of yourself. It's self-preservation to protect your energy and your light from maybe someone who isn't as positive. Or, some, or I think empaths are so attracted to like, energy suck like they suck the energy out of you so I think protecting ourselves is so important um and I think grounding is is really crucial too one of the things I always tell myself is when I invest in myself the universe invests in me yes and sometimes I have to repeat that like a mantra because when I do make time for a facial or a massage I feel guilty driving there I yes. feel guilty taking the hour and I feel guilty spending the money on myself. It's yeah. a trifecta of misery. And so I have to remind myself when you invest in yourself, the universe invests in you. And so I feel yeah. like taking those action steps to take care of yourself sends a message to the universe. Yes, I'm an empath. Yes, I'm sensitive, but I am done fixing energy vampires and healing negative people and dealing with that muck. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it also, I think so, I don't know, I dealt a lot with, especially in college, a feeling of like, um, not like worthy enough or like, oh, like I'm not important enough to, to take care of myself in this way. Or I'm not, you know, like, I think a lot of self-care is also self-love. And I think we just need to love ourselves more. I think we're so, I don't know. I know I'm incredibly hard on myself or, um, critical. And I think like, to, I'm just, I have to tell that part of my mind, like, no, be quiet. Like, this is the part of the day where I'm kind to myself and I love myself and I'm taking care of myself. And I think so much of self-care really is like self-love. And I don't think, mm -hmm. I think it's the same with relationships. I don't think you can love other people until you love yourself. And I don't think you can care for other people until you take care of yourself. I think it's very okay. intertwined. 
Well said. I think too, though, when you're in a family where one person needs so much care, mm-hmm. you know, like your dad or my kid's dad, it can really send a message of you don't come first because right. really you can't sometimes because that person needs medicine or that person needs to go to the doctor or that person is having, you know, a seizure or something and needs to go to the hospital. So really in that moment, you can't come first. And so it, it's extra challenging to learn yes. that. So you should be really proud of yourself for. Yeah. Learning. I mean, I, I think when, when you, it's like, you know, when you compare, right, you're like, wow, I'm so trivial that I need like five minutes to myself when this person is, you know, hospitalized, you know, like, you know, it, it just, it makes, it does make you feel guilty. But I think any, any one who has needs for their, for their mind, their body, their soul and their health, I think it matters. And I think also, um, a lot of what happened to my father has been a big message to me that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that maybe if my father had, you know, taken better care of himself, maybe he wouldn't have had this aneurysm. I I don't know. That's just something that our whole family has talked about because he had a high Uh stress job. He had two little kids that he was raising. He had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and wasn't really taking care of himself. And I think also he was a pretty empathic person. Um, I just didn't really get to know that necessarily, but I think he was. And I just think, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going (laughs) to, not to the extreme, but sometimes like you could, like, I don't want to have a stroke. I don't want to have a heart attack. So I need to like (laughs) get my anxiety, get my, you know, health under control to prevent these things. And so I just think everyone could benefit from just, just carving out some time for yourself, whether it's just, you know, a small meditation or taking a a shower, you know, just saying, honey, you watch the kids for 15 minutes. I'm going to do this. Or, you know, I'm going to set my alarm 15 minutes earlier today and just kind of lay in bed and, and pray and, and be thankful for what I have. And I just think the more that we take care of ourselves, the, the less, you know, extreme situations ending up sick or anything are, are bound to happen because the more that you take care of yourself, the, I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, you know, the more that you take care of yourself, the better you're going to be, the healthier you're going to be, the more balanced you're going to be. Um, so I just think it's so crucial. I just want to validate your dad was very empathic because it's been 20, almost 20 years and people still talk about him. I know it's, it's so crazy. Such a positive life. It's so crazy. So much of my life, I'm like, do I have any free will? <laughs> I mean, I, I know I do, but I you know, I got married two months ago and I like, I married my father and I'm like, Oh, are you kidding me? He was, um, he's a police officer too, um, for the same department. And at his swearing in ceremony he came up to my family and we're like, I remember your father. He was such a good man. He taught me this, or he was my training officer. And I'm like, Oh my God, like the impact that he's left on so many people's lives is just it's just crazy it's so, beautiful it so is after you and I um had our facial and that was such a lovely experience for me I asked you to come to my daughter's sweet 16 party and teach the girls how to do makeup and yeah I just have to say that I had planned such a lovely 16th birthday party and very <laughs> typical it blew up in my face <laughs> I rented this lovely suite at this hotel on the beach and my plan was that we spend the whole day at the beach with food and 
you know, smoothies and sun. And then we'd come in at night and we'd watch the replay of Meghan Markle getting married because it was that morning. <laughs> and that oh, was yeah. Time. Yeah, we'd eat dinner and she'd teach us about makeup. And, of course, it rained every single minute of that weekend. Yeah. Like, literally, it did not let up. So when poor Maddie comes, all the girls are in this <laughs> nice little seat, and we're all just kind of sad and despondent, like looking at the rain pounding <laughs> down. And you came in like a ray of light. And I really thought you were just going to teach the girls, you know, like, here, here's how you do your eyebrows. Here's how you put on eyeshadow. Here's the best lipstick for you. But you, you taught them so much more. And the whole time Maddie was, presenting and talking to my daughters and their friends, she kept emphasizing less is more. Don't cover up what you see as flaws. See Mm -hmm. the beauty within you and use your makeup to accentuate that. And Mm -hmm. I just, that message has stayed with my kids and their friends. They're one of Olivia's best friends was just over last week and she mentioned it just then. Oh, that's so awesome. Look at my look at my subtle blush. Maddie would be proud. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just, you know, I just I see. I think a lot of empaths naturally see the beauty in other people, and I think that's why I was called to do this is to to remind people like I love your freckles or I love that you know you have um, really thick, beautiful brows or I love that you know your lips are you know, asymmetrical, like just there's, I think there's flaws in all of us because we're human, right? We were not sent to this earth to be perfect or else we wouldn't learn anything. I think we need these imperfections to embrace. And I think when you can embrace your, your, not flaws, but your, your differences for what makes you beautiful and unique, that's really empowering and powerful because and that's what people see. Like people see beauty in other people and it's really the inner beauty like reflecting outward. That's what I really think when, you know, like you'll, have you ever seen, um, I don't know, a really attractive guy from afar and then you start talking to him and you're like, oh, like never mind. And it's because you got right. to know him. Like there's oh so much that outer beauty can really, um, it doesn't last. Nothing, it, it never lasts. And so I just, I really, whenever I'm working with clients, I really try and emphasize like, you're really beautiful. Don't hide all of you because I think all humans want to see that beauty. And when it's covered by three layers of makeup, like we don't get to see you, you know, but especially with young impressionable girls, I don't know. I, I just, I think social media And I don't know, when I was growing up, it was like MTV and magazines and and that kind of thing. Um, Always portrays a perfect version of of women and and how we're supposed to look like and how we're supposed to dress and what kind of makeup we're supposed to wear. And I just don't think it's, it's not real. It's not real at all. And especially for young impressionable girls, I just want them to love themselves more because I guess I didn't. And so I just don't want girls to go through like what I did. And it took me a long time to get to where I am where I'm like, no, I like my nose. It's not super tiny or I like my brown eyes. You know, I always wanted like blue eyes and, you know, just really embracing you because you're not going to, you're not, unless you, you know, want to pay and 
you know, get cosmetic surgeries, you're stuck with this body and this face for your whole life. And I always joke with my friends that like, as you get older, it's only going to get worse. Things are going to get saggier. Things are going to get, you know, more wrinkled, like embrace what you have now, because so many people look um, at photos, you know, 10 years ago and they're like, dang, I really was pretty. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're pretty now and you're pretty then, and you're going to be pretty in 10 years, but you've got to appreciate it now or else you're going to blink and you're going to be 75 and you're going to be like, whoa, where did, where did all that go? You know? And I just think, well, especially, yeah, well, I just think, I think we're all beautiful at all different ages. Like one, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like one of my favorite Disney characters is Moana's grandmother. Um, have you seen that movie? She's, mm-hmm. she's so beautiful. Like she's just such a beautiful woman. And it's because I think she smiles so much and she's just so comfortable in her own skin. And like, that is who I aspire to be at that age is just someone who's comfortable and feels beautiful in their own skin, whether I'm wearing makeup or not. Um, and so and that is really what, beauty. yeah, that's true beauty, right? Like of course it's fun. And of course on my wedding day, I wore makeup, you know, and got my hair done, but you know, unless I, I have to, I try really hard not to wear a lot of makeup and really just be happy with the skin that I'm in because I just feel like so much of my teenage life and twenties, I covered it with thick foundation or lots of eyeshadow. And I didn't really like, I just want to see me now. I don't want to see this version of myself that isn't really me. I don't know. But um, I think a lot of Great a lot of teenage yeah I think a lot of teenagers need to hear that because I think they're so bombarded by, and I think a lot of women, uh, regardless of what age, are bombarded by this. You have to be this perfect version of yourself. You have to buy this and look this certain way and do. And I'm like, you really don't. Like, here's some tips and tricks on how to do that. I mean, uh, one of the cheapest ways for blush is just pinch your cheeks. <laughs> You know, like you don't, you don't have to spend money. Like you can, you can do like the old school things that generations ago used to do for beauty and, and still feel and look beautiful. You don't have to spend a lot of money or wear a lot of stuff on your face. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I could tell your girls and uh, their friends were like, wow, <laughs> like they just had a good time. They, and I think that's they really that's, good. I think that's ultimately like what makeup should be right. And skincare should be, it should be fun. You should feel like you're embracing a version of you that's like happier and healthier. It shouldn't be like, Oh, I have to hide this image or I don't like this about me. So I have to cover this. You know, I think it should be, I like this part about me. Let's, let's show this part off, you know? So, well, you know, you mentioned magazines and MTV and how they present a perfect image. What surprises me, and if any of you listening don't have teenage girls, I invite you to find a friend who does have teenage girls. <laughs> and ask if you can scroll through their Instagram. Because mm-hmm. my daughters will show me pictures of their acquaintances at school. And you guys, it's like, I seriously want to call the mom and say, did you hire a photographer? Because the photos are so perfect. And they're so um, sexualized that it troubles me. There was a photo, a lovely young girl posted on her Instagram feed. It was her coming out of the pool. If you remember, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It was one of those (laughs) things. She's Uh, she's flipping her wet hair over her head. 
And the photo captured the drop. It, it was so perfect. I was like, who are these people? Yeah. When I was in I, school, I used Dermablend. Do you guys remember that? That's how bad my acne was. Oh, yeah. That's and really thick. Girls, <laughs> yeah, I know. And at the end of the day, it would like crack and I'd be like, oh, yeah, but I'm telling you, I can get on the train of everything you're saying, but I never could embrace my pimples. Yeah. Well, I think especially at that age, like we're so not aware of who we are and who we're growing into. And we're just so insecure that the, I guess the easy, the easy thing to do is let's just hide it. I was always self-conscious of, I was, I was a a curvy girl in a world where back in the day, like straight was not like straight and skinny was the way to be. And I was, I was the only one who had like a curvy backside. And so I always wore clothes or wore loose pants. Like I tried really hard to hide that or big sweatshirts. Like, so that was my instinct was like, instead of embracing it was to hide it. And I think a lot of women do that in their, in their day-to-day lives. Um, And men too. I think when we find something about ourselves that we don't like, we hide it. And I think to really practice self-care and self-love instead of hiding those things, you've got to embrace them, embrace them, accept them. My body to this day is still very curvy. And instead of like trying to, um, to change it, I just say, thank you for being a strong body. I can run up a flight of stairs and I'm not like out of breath. I can exercise. I can work all day and you know, I'm fine. You know, like I just think embracing what you have instead of trying to hide it or alter it or, um, especially like on Instagram, you'll see a lot of people like Facetune or like hide things. And I think really just embracing who you are is such an important concept. And I think the earlier that we grasp that, the easier our lives are going to be ultimately. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I see that too, to the point where like, if I feel like (laughs) I was just talking about this with um, a couple of my friends, the Victoria's Secret show was like a couple of months ago and they're like, did you watch it? And I was like, no, I really can't watch that stuff because it just makes me feel bad about myself. And, and that's the thing is, 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 is like something or an image or something that makes you feel bad about yourself, then why are you looking at it? You know? So I just, yeah. I try really hard to kind of limit how often I'm looking at that kind of perfect version of people on, on social media. Cause I have to remind myself that's not real. Like one, <laughs> and I think I told your girls this too. Um, one thing I do is I'll Google like celebrities, like HD and I'll Google like their skin so I can like see their skin texture and it, and I can see their pores. Oh my gosh. They have a blemish on their chin. They have wrinkles on their forehead. Like, and it just reminds me like they're human too, but just like all humans, we want to put our best self forward. So of course they're not going to post that picture. So it just makes me feel better. Like to remind myself that like a lot of that imagery is not real. And I try and especially on like my Instagram, like I try to only follow or be a part of communities where it is, it is more real. You know what I mean? Where like, I'm seeing like their actual face or their actual body and it's not altered or, you know, just friends and family, you know, like local communities and just people who are real. I think that's so important. I could not agree more. Go ahead, Dean. I was just going to say the self-care part and being a person who's older and you go through a stage that's very similar to being an adolescent of Mm -hmm. insecurity, instability, Mm -hmm. uh, 
self-doubt, feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. And, and it's kind of a joke. And I can only come from this from being a, you know, a middle-aged female is you, you blend into this invisibility because there is so much emphasis on youth, on beauty, yes. on enhancement. And, and I think for a lot of, and, and this applies to anyone, it applies to men, women, people who choose you know, a, a non-binary, it doesn't matter that the self-care and the self-acceptance, yes. when you can switch that and you realize, okay, I went through a really traumatic, horrific situation and have, you know, you may have a, a deep place in your upper lip, or you may have frown lines, or you may have, and that's a very delicate uh, transition to start to embrace that part of yourself. <laughs> when you start seeing your mother looking back at you in the mirror, I mean, and yeah. we joke about that, but I think for for people who aren't in the beginning stages and you know, I've shared this that I worked in a public high school and I would see these girls with this porcelain skin and they would have so much makeup, they would look like kabukis. And I, I know. Think, oh, they're wasting this opportunity because your skin does age. And with that, you do step into your power in a different light. But I think for, for anyone that's listening that may not be younger or may not have perfect skin or attributes is the, the silly things, and they're not silly, but cherishing yourself in any way that you can. Eat yes. wonderful food, drink water, walk outside. It's okay to have a couple age spots and not let them limit who you become in the world. Right, or define you. Um, yes. I, have, um, I have three scars on my, on my face. I have two on my forehead and one on my eye, uh, like right by my eye. And um, I learned at a very young age to kind of like embrace them that they're good stories to tell people you know like one is from a surfing accident and one is from like tripping over my dog you know like it trying to embrace your scars or you know they're they're almost like moments in in your life that you can look back and say i survived or you know i i did this or um you know a cesarean scar i produced a child out of my body <laughs> you right. know like to to try and embrace all I, I, the stretch marks, you know, like I, you know, earn those from growing a child in my womb or I earn those from living a long life. That's the thing is, that's the reward of living a long life, right? You, you are going to have wrinkles and they're not wrinkles that I think they're smile lines or they're expression lines or to just try and redefining these things that I think are portrayed as negative as no, you're, you survived this life. Congratulations. Yeah. You've made it to this level. And, the, and this is kind of the repercussions of that is your body's going to look different. And also the same rules apply with, with makeup is enhanced. Don't try mm -hmm. to cover, don't hide. Yes. Yes. Because that almost, and I can only say this from, again, someone from my age and perspective is women who are in my age category that are trying so desperately to hang on to looking 20, 30 years younger. And it, it's, it's almost, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it's, it's a rite of passage to step into. It is, it is. And it's something to be honored um, to, to get to. And, and I do, I am a less is more person. And I think especially as we age, I mean, I can't wear the same eyeshadows that I used to wear as a teenager. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit right. I have more lines and creases in my eyes. And, you know, like there's just, as you get older, you really have to embrace less is more because when you put too much on your face or you know you it, it just doesn't 
look right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So it's like, like I said, I think the earlier that we learn this lesson of like self-care and self-love, I think the easier it is to, in all transitions of our life, like, okay, I overcame this insecurity at this age. I can overcome this too, you know? And I think really less is, less really is more when it comes to self-care, when it comes to makeup, when it comes to a skincare routine, like just, just wash your face, put on a moisturizer, you know, just when it comes to makeup, like maybe put on some mascara. If you don't wear lipstick, put on a lip balm, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. If you want to make it complicated, go for it. It can be really fun. But I think at the heart of it, like we just really have to embrace ourselves because that we're not getting another face or another body, you know, and the sooner that we accept that and the sooner that we learn to love what we have, when we have it, then we won't look back in those pictures and be like, dang, I wish I had known how gorgeous I was at like 15. And, and then you look at a picture and you're like, dang, I wish I had known how gorgeous I was when I was 25. (laughs) And then 35. And it's also though, if, if putting on a little mascara, it can change your whole attitude about how you present in the world. Yes. It can just kind of freshen you up and say, all right, I'm ready to kick some ass. Yes. And if it makes you feel that way, then do it. You know, and I think that's what self-care is all about is making you feel that way where afterwards you're like, okay, I can take on the world now. I can, I can do this. Thank you. That was a beautiful description. Thank you. Yeah. I think we get different messages too. And, and I don't mean to exclude the men from this discussion because maybe they deal with this as well. I don't know, but I know for me, when I was younger in my twenties, if a man looked at me that way, it would make me uncomfortable. I've never been like an outgoing flirtatious type anyway. So maybe mm-hmm. that's part of it. But if I wore something like, I don't know, yoga pants and, and a t-shirt and, and a man would look at me like, uh huh, you know, I would think, Oh, gross. It, and it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> so when, it, yeah. I, I used to feel that way too. I was um, pregnant each of the three times I was invisible to men like completely like men would walk into me. That's how invisible I was. And that felt really bad too. And I remember thinking, well, Samantha, what the hell do you want? You know, because you're not happy if they look at you and you're not happy if they don't. And so I feel like we, we get these mixed messages and we have to find a way inside of our soul to just be at peace with who we are, where we are on that stage of our journey. But I don't know. I've never been able, I don't feel comfortable if people check me out and I don't feel comfortable if they don't. You guys know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I think, I think a lot of people feel that way. I think at this point in my life, even if it's like, I think I was at a gas station a couple months ago and this guy that kind of creeped me out, like hit on me and I was, you know, it was harmless. And I got to my car and I was, you know, in my head, I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Like, thanks. You know, it's not, coming from someone that I want to hear it from necessarily, but I'll take it. Like, why not? Um, And I think kind of maybe having that mentality of like, Hey, I still got it. Even if it's not from my type of person or, you know, where I, you know, no one wants to get hit on at a gas station, but you know, like I think just having the mentality, Hey, I'll take it. I still got it. Thanks. I think is um, a good mentality to have. (laughs) I have to tell you guys a quick funny story. I was at the grocery store a while ago and I was getting a bottle of wine and the guy was like, can I see your ID? And I was like, really? Are you sure? And he was like, yeah. 
And so I was like, okay. And I handed him my license and he laughed and he goes, I do that to all the moms. It puts a smile on their face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I was devastated. I felt like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But not, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need to smile that way. I don't need your condescending. You're definitely old, but I'll make you feel better. I think that yeah. men are getting a taste of that, This, especially with this generation. I have noticed that. I think that men are getting this message of who you, what you look like matters just as yes. much as who you are. I think, and I, I, think I, men, I think it'll be, go ahead. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I don't think men should be forgotten about this conversation. I know that especially when we talk about beauty, like women tend to dominate the conversation, but I do know that men, feel a lot of the same things that we're feeling when it comes to this conversation. It's just men aren't as vocal about it. I don't think um, Mm -hmm. necessarily, or they, they may feel that way when they like scroll through, they may feel the same things when they scroll through Instagram, but they're not going to say anything about it. Or they're sometimes I find um, just tend to be more proactive. If I don't like this about me, I'm going to go do this. You know what I mean? I just, uh, I think, my my dad was a metrosexual before that was a term. He used to get a facial once a month yeah. for, throughout his 50s and 50s. Do you have male clients? I do. I get a lot of um, men men clients for brows. I've had men come in for makeup tutorials and, you know, learning how to to feel more comfortable in their skin with makeup. And sometimes they're metro, sometimes not. Yeah, I mean, I get... a predominantly I work with women, but I do get some men clients for like, um, chest waxes or brow waxes, um, not necessarily for facials. Um, but we do, I know my coworker gets a lot of guys, uh, men clients for, for facials. So it just really, you know, it, I think this beauty industry, like I said, is predominantly surrounded by women, but there are lots of men who are a part of this conversation as well, I think. But yeah, I do. Yeah. I do have some clients. And I think it's changing and evolving. I think men are growing into this appreciation of, of beauty on the outside and the inside. I think it, they, yes. the, the conversation needs to go hand in hand. Yes. Now, do you practice, like, are you vigilant about the beauty products you use? Yeah, so I, I have my own little skincare routine. It's just like, uh, you know, and even some days I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, but it's, it's like brushing your teeth. I, I know it's good for me, so I'm going to do it. So yeah, um, at nighttime is where I really like take my time with my skincare routine. I, I'll wash my face. I'll do, especially if like I feel like I need it emotionally or also my skin needs it, I'll do like a face mask. Um, and then I'll do like some serums and moisturizers. And then in the morning, it's really a a quick skincare routine and more, um, like I use like a tinted moisturizer, mascara, some bronzer, um, my brows. I'm really into my brows. So I have, yeah, I have a really kind of like down packed routine. Um, and then I have like an extra routine if I want to like delve into it and really take my time or really like get crafty with it but yeah I just I feel like a new person when I at nighttime when I wash my face it feels like a reset button for the next day when I put my you know makeup on in the morning it feels like okay I'm ready to face the world I've I've got my my uh my game face on 
So um, that's definitely something I do every day. I try really hard to drink lots of water. I use that meditation app about every night before I go to bed uh, or I'll pray or I'll listen to one of you, your guys' podcasts or like my self-care routines. I'll like take a bath and listen Mm -hmm. to your podcast, you know? I just think carving out time for, yeah, carving out time for yourself is so important. And the more that we do it, the more that you feel better about yourself, more in tune with yourself, um, mind, body, and, and spirit. So, yeah. Well, and I think those of us who are parents listening to this need to model that for our kids. Yes. I'm not, I'm not holding up my mom as like a paradigm of, you know, leave it to beaver, but she had quite the beauty care routine. And I remember mm-hmm. every Sunday night, she would wheel her TV into her bathroom. <laughs> and I think it was Dynasty or Dallas would come on and she would take this long bath. She'd deep condition her hair. Then she'd get in the shower then she'd do her feet. Then she put a mask on. It was a whole, it took her the entire evening of Sunday night. I don't do that, but I still maintain that. Sunday night, I do my salt bath. That's when I do my full chakra meditation. And that's when I'll do an exfoliating mask. And I've watched my girls are now mimicking that. And they're, yeah. you know, every weekend, they'll get their masks out and, and they'll do all of that. I do think it's a balance. You know, we need to remember what Granny Jean said. <laughs> yeah, beware of vanity. Yeah, you do have to you do have to balance it out. Like you can't just spend all day, you know, pampering. I mean, I guess you could if it was a special treat, but you can't do that all day, every day, you know, in and out. Even people in this industry, we don't have time to do that, you know. <laughs> we have to cook and clean and hang out with our family and friends and work and balance, I think, in everything and all aspects of our life is key. But I think carving that time out is so important. And my mom, I think that I I now in retrospect I've noticed like when my dad got sick is when she started going to get a facial or going to get a massage. Like, I think that was her way of taking care of herself when she was taking care of my father and two kids and working full time. Like that was her reset button where my phone is on silent. No, you can't call me. No, you can't bother me. Like this is for me. And I just think it's so crucial. Yeah, Yeah, I do too. You know, I think I've mentioned it on this show before, but the whole year, maybe two after Mike's injury, a woman I've never met before named Barbara about once every couple of months would mail me a card with 20 or $40 in it. And she would always write in there. I know what it is to be a caregiver. Use this to get a manicure, use this to get a facial. Mm -hmm. And that was incredibly impactful for me. And it's something I think is so lovely to be able to pass on to other people. And I try to do that anonymously as well, just as she did, so that people can remember. We're all caregivers, yeah. all of us listening to this yes. show. And it just, it, it feels so nice. I have, a lot of times I'll have clients where, you know, I'll, I'll do a facial on them and they'll just start um, crying in the middle or Reiki or I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you get a massage, like sometimes people just get so emotional. And I think it's because they are really, they haven't had anyone take care of them in so long. And it's, it's a very emotional, intimate thing to have someone take care of you when you've been taking care of people for so long, you've forgotten what it feels like for someone else to help you and take care of you and so I think it's it's just a really powerful thing to just make that time for yourself 
and and not get to that point where when someone does help you or or cares for you it's it's such an overwhelming feeling like I think if we just did a little bit of it every day it would just really impact our lives on a positive level perfectly said it's perfect and it's a wonderful way to wrap up our time together I hope that Maddie has inspired you all as much as she has inspired me throughout my years if you want to find more out about Maddie you can go to cartercate.com c-a-r-t-e-r-k-a-y-t-e.com her email is madeline at cartercate.com m-a-d-e-l-e-i-n-e she's also on Instagram I will post links to all of what I just said on our Facebook page and we'll remember to put them in the show notes so that you can connect with Maddie. If you do live in the local area, are you still doing makeup parties? Yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to do makeup parties, makeup lessons, um, yeah, they can book through Carter Kate, whatever they want to do. One of the things that Maddie did for my kids that was really a gift for me is she told all these 16 year old girls, you do not need to spend money on your makeup. Your skin is young and healthy and beautiful. You don't need to spend $50 on, you know, my my daughter's favorite mascara is called Better Than Sex. Oh, yeah, the Too Faced one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so much of that industry is very sexualized. Oh, but um, you were like the... The CoverGirl is fine. The What was the NYT brand you, re- you recommended? I love, love cruelty-free brands in skincare and in makeup. So NYX or um, Wet n Wild. Like, I think those are just, like, really good starter brands that anyone can find anything that they need in those brands. And they're cruelty-free. Like, I'm, I'm really big into cruelty-free and, and as organic as possible when it comes to skincare and makeup. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for this hour. It's meant a lot to me, and I'm, I'm hoping and I'm sure it's inspired many of our listeners to start their new year by making an inner resolution to take care of your outside as a reflection of how much you love your inside and to go throughout your day affirming that you are beautiful just as you are. Exactly. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> you know. please tell your mother a lovely hello and a and a virtual hug from me and i will be in touch with you to all of our listeners thank you so much for listening don't forget to always show up do great work and share your light take care everyone bye-bye thank you bye